Welcome to I Am, I Have, How It Helps, brought to you by Counselling Directory and Happiful Magazine. Every fortnight we'll be bringing you more information about mental health, emotions and how we can help ourselves when we're experiencing mental health challenges. I'm Lucy Donoghue and I'm joined by Lee Vells, psychotherapist, broadcaster and clinical director of The London Practice. The topic we'll be tackling today is one that will touch us all throughout our lives but can affect us differently, bereavement. So Lee, thank you for joining us again today. Bereavement and grief, it's a tough topic, but it's an important one to talk about, isn't it? It is, Lucy. Bereavement is is massively important to talk about because it affects all of us. Yeah, and sometimes when people are in grief and, and have been bereaved, it's it's a hard one to talk about. And it's it can also be hard for other people to approach you to talk about. And, and, and people don't know what to say, usually. And that's, it can make things feel worse in that moment when somebody's grieving the the other person has no words to 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 comfort that person but what what I would say in that moment it's it's up to the person who is experiencing the grief to to allow themselves to just express themselves it's so important to engage with the grief and express how you, how you feel you know and as time goes by we we tend to say to ourselves I should be over this now it's been 6 months it's been a year no it grief, it, it stays with us. It doesn't just go. We carry that through the rest of our life. Yes, it does get easier, but we have to attend to it when it comes to us, when we feel it. Absolutely. So in terms of counselling, how can that support someone who's struggling with bereavement and grief? It, it gives a space to the person who is experiencing grief to express themselves and and this is what I say to people who are grieving is allow yourself to feel sad allow yourself to express your sadness don't put that pressure on yourself to get over it or you know I I was working with someone the other day and they said oh well that was a my my mum died at Christmas so now it's December I should be over it no no allow yourself to engage with that sadness and you know the first year is particularly difficult because it's the first anniversary of everything the first everything is the hard. first everything it's really really difficult and once that year is over it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to get any easier but it tends to get easier but it doesn't mean the sadness goes allow yourself to feel that sad it's okay and I think it's the extra pressure that people put upon themselves to be okay. And they feel like they can't talk to people about it because they fear people will turn around and say, aren't you over that yet? Or it's been this many years or this many months. You, you have to engage with it. You have to express yourself. I agree. And I, I think people can over-intellectualise grief too much. Yeah. There's an idea that there are seven stages of grief yes. and that you must move <clears throat> through each of the stages. And once you get to the end of those stages, you're going to be clear of grief, mm-hmm. like it's some kind of clearing process. Mm-hmm. And actually, from my own experience, you can ping pong back into different parts of grief. Absolutely. You know, you might have a couple of days where you don't think about, you know, the sadness or the sadness isn't with you. Mm-hmm. And and then it will come back in something as simple as, my dad used to love Terry's chocolate orange. So if I saw a, one of those in the supermarket, it would just make me think of him and make me sad. So mm-hmm. I think... That's really important for people to know. There is no structure to grief, perhaps. That's yeah. massively important, Lucy, and it's a very good point because, it again, that puts pressure. I'm past that stage. Now I shouldn't be feeling that anymore. And then there's the, all, there's the anxiety that builds with that and then the frustration because they feel like they're back to square one when, like you've just said, we feel a, a whole 
breadth of things and we can feel them all at once and it's okay to feel them you know when you are having these certain triggers things that remind you of your loved one it's okay to feel sad and that 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 will be ongoing and that's okay it doesn't end after a particular amount of time no there's no there's no finite amount of time for your grief grief for me it's a it's a life long when it comes to losing a parent or a child or a, a loved one um we kind of carry that with the for the rest of our life yes it gets easier to deal with and we find coping strategies to deal with it however you're still going to feel what you're going to feel and it's okay to feel how you're going to feel absolutely and it's important to feel it because this is one of the things that i think I would love you to shed some light on is what can happen if you bury that grief and you push it down. Well, this is when we talked about anger a couple of weeks ago, um, and that's a, that's a massive response to suppressed grief. We're thinking about anxiety, sadness, despair, and all of those feelings kind of rise up when we are not engaging with with our grief and how we really feel. Yeah, it's very important to to allow yourself that space and time and to understand that everyone might might grieve differently, even within a same family as well. Even if the person you has lo- have lost is the same for all of you, the process that you go through might be completely different. Mm, absolutely. And you know what? One one thing that tends to happen when we are grieving and we lose someone, we, we, we forget to look after ourselves, and that self-care is so important you're feeling vulnerable, you need to be able to look after yourself, you need the oxygen mask on yourself and you need to make sure you're resting, you're sleeping, you're eating. People tend to forget to eat, but you have to keep looking after yourself uh, despite how you feel. I think that's a really important, important thing, self-care when you're in the midst of bereavement, especially when you're in the period between perhaps someone dying or a funeral or the the time immediately afterwards because you feel like you're in a a strange place it's a non-world it's not the real world yeah. you're in a you're in a holding pattern exactly and that's what you know going back to your question about what therapy can provide it can help people adjust to this life a physical life without the person's physicality being there yeah. You know, I talked about the relationships still existing, but physically that, that they're not there. And that is a, it's a huge loss and it can leave a, a big void in people's lives. And so it's the adjustment period and, and that can feel a bit limbo-ish. It can feel, you can feel really out of sorts with that. So it's almost getting used to a new norm, which is really, really tough, really tough. Are there any other things that people can do when they're experiencing that grief to help themselves? What I will say here is not to self-medicate through alcohol or drugs and just remember, you know, just to, you know that self-care is so important. And, you know, you know, I was thinking about a client that I was working with, you know, not so long ago and the grief that they're... Exp- I'm working with a lot of grief, actually, thinking about it. And he is almost... Um, felt a a reinvigoration of life and because he's almost carrying out his mother's wishes he's carrying out the legacy of how his mother wanted him to live he's socializing more he's he's doing the things that he feels would make would have made her happy whereas before she passed away he led quite an isolated life and she always was you know, she was worried about him. Um, she was worried about the way he lived his life. He was quite isolated. He was lonely. And it's made him, her death has made him live a fuller life, richer life. So thinking about what that loved one would have wanted for you, and that can kind of help you give yourself that self-care. If you can't give it to yourself, think about what that person would have wanted for you. And that can help people 
give themselves that self-care. Do you know what? I'm smiling because I think that is the nicest piece of advice I've ever heard. Because thinking about that person, personally, thinking about that person that you've lost, I can imagine what he would say mm. at, at my grief and what he would want me to do. And actually, that's something to really bear in mind, I think, if you're in a in in a hard place. So. Yeah, yeah. And like, and you know, you know, it's ongoing, and this, and when it comes to grief, it is ongoing. And and I think the message hopefully gets out after after this, Lucy, is that it doesn't just end. It doesn't just end after a certain stage or after a certain amount of time. It's ongoing, and it's okay. And that's okay. Just allow yourself to express your sadness, your grief. That's great. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you for listening to I Am, I Have, brought to you by Counselling Directory and Happiful magazine. If you'd like to read more about mental health and wellbeing, head over to happiful.com and sign up to receive a free e-edition of the magazine every month. If you're looking for local counselling support, you can find over 15,000 counsellors at your fingertips at counselling-directory.org.uk. Finally, if you need to speak to someone immediately, the Samaritans are available 24 hours a day on 116123. And you can also email joe at samaritans.org. Help is available. This podcast has been produced by Happiful. If you've enjoyed listening, please subscribe, rate, review and share on social media. We hope you'll join us again soon.